Welcome, everyone, to the Break the Bell podcast. Hello, hello, bell breakers. We are back. Does my mic seem quiet to you? Because it seems kind of quiet to me. Maybe it's um, the, the it, background audio is I too loud. I thought you were just being serene today. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, it does seem a little bit quieter. Hello, check. How is that? Is that better? Yeah, that's is better. Is that better for you? Yeah. That's better for me. You got this James Earl Jones thing going. I don't know. I wish I had his voice. That would be a, Man, can you imagine doing a podcast oh with James gosh. Earl Jones Everybody voice? would just want to just listen. Just yes, listen. Just to my voice. They yeah. wouldn't hear a word I was saying. They'd just, yeah. they'd just be like, just entranced by my voice. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, does he have a podcast? He needs a podcast he if he does doesn't. Need a, he does. I know that you can get a, a copy of the Bible where Read he by reads James, the Bible. I, I know. I, How sweet would that be? That would be freaking epic. That would epic. be amazing, him doing like the voice and of then God. Then he said unto thee. <laughs> <laughs> doing just like Genesis, like the creation yeah, story. Right. Let there be light. <laughs> oh, I got a chill. <laughs> and then he said, I am... That's Welcome it. back to the Break the Bell <laughs> podcast, the podcast where we talk about whatever the hell we want to, because that's what we're here for, is is free speech, and Absolutely. we use that as loosely as possible <laughs> and talk about just about anything. Like, I mean, I'm surprised at what we talk about I am most too, of the time. It just, it just, I don't know how we get there. I, I don't either, but, but that's what we do. That's why we're here. That's True. why we made our own show, because... We just wanted to talk about whatever we wanted to talk about. Absolutely. So here we are. We are back, and we are literally, by the time this comes out, literally one week away from the 2020 election. How does that make you feel? Crazy. I mean, that's just insane to me that we're, like, there. I mean, democracy could be over in one week from today. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, today, I don't think but... we'll know who the president is for another couple months, but I definitely think that, uh, you know... It's crazy. Have you started making preparations? Yeah, man. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go get some more ammo. I need to make a trip <laughs> to the store, the ammo store, Yeah, this week because I feel it might be necessary. Even if it's not, it's not, it's not a bad idea to have a, a stock up on No, not on at all. Am- there's, ammunition. there's always a, there's never a bad reason to not. You know. Right, right. I mean- there, there is plenty of reasons to not like stock up negative. on emo. <laughs> or emo, 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 or email. I emo. don't want to stock up on emos. <laughs> you don't want to stock up on emo music. <laughs> Go back to two thousand seven. Yeah. Well, that's not even really emo music. All the younger millennials say emo music was like the two thousand seven era with like. Fallout Boy and shit right. like that. That wasn't emo no. music. You got to go like early 2000s. But I'm not going to get into that because that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> ammo. Stock up on ammo. Yeah. There's no reason not to. It exactly. reminds me of the diabetes guy. Like, you you stock up on ammo and you stock up often. There's just no reason not to. <laughs> you remember the diabetes guy? I remember the diabetes, I remember the diabetes guy. guy. Yeah. Wilford Brimley. There you go. So, that's yeah. Yeah. He also did oatmeal. Really? Yeah. Diabetes. Ammo and and, and oatmeal. oatmeal. Those are the three things. <laughs> yeah, he was the uh, the original Quaker guy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That must have been before my time. He must have not eaten That's enough possible. oatmeal yeah. that he got diabetes, yeah. and then he became the diabetes spokesperson. Yeah. So I just remember him. he was the the cool old guy from the movie Cocoon. I didn't know. I didn't know he's an actual actor. Oh yeah, yeah, he actually hmm. did movies. I, he is. Yeah. Well, I learned something new. But yes. you know, I don't watch. I haven't I, watched a lot of those old. 
yeah, old. classic movies. So yeah, I need true. to. I got a big list you've given me of movies that I know which are, grows constantly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Add that to my list of movies that I will eventually get to. Yes. Yeah. So, how you, are we doing this week? We're doing good. Have you been enjoying the World Series? Um, I haven't caught as much as I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I have been keeping up on the score and the highlights. I watched a couple innings of them. Yeah. Um, the one that I watched the most of was Saturday night's game. Yeah. The and one I just caught the end of. Yeah, which was the only part you right. needed to catch. Yeah, and both of us were like, "What?" Yeah, it, it was the <laughs> loudest. And for a sports team, neither of us follow. That yeah. was the loudest. I've heard um, because that basement we were hanging out in our friend's basement and they were going for the Dodgers and I was going for um, the Rays because I think I mentioned before they have a former Cardinals player that the Cardinals hated or Cardinals fans hated because he I mean he wasn't great he was a rookie but then when he went to the Rays now he's all of a sudden their MVP yeah so this guy so Dodgers are up five to three with one out left in the in the ninth inning. Yeah. And um the Rays had two two people on base. All they needed to do is get this out. Just one out. That's all a, that's all the Dodgers yeah. needed. So the batter hits it and it's kind of a, a hard drive right past um like second base. And um the outfielder was right there and he went to I mean, it would have been a base hit either way because right. of how far it went. But he went to field it, and it pops out of his glove and shoots away from him. So there's a, a run, one run down. So they're tied up. He goes to throw it in, throws it to the pitcher, I think, or the first baseman or somebody who is cut it, the cutoff man. Mm-hmm. And the cutoff man hurls it to the catcher to get this Rosarena guy that is coming home. Well, Rosarena rounds third. And he trips as he's coming around third mm-hmm. and rolls on the ground, which slows him up. The catcher catches the ball and goes to tag really fast, not looking. When he goes to tag, he didn't realize Rosa Reina fell, so he wasn't there to tag. And at the same time as he's going to tag, the ball flies out of his glove and mm-hmm. shoots shoots past him. So Rosa Reina then scores, and that's the end of the game. And they win the game. Most bizarre ending yeah. of, especially a World Series game. Yeah. So many errors just right there. Right. One, those two giant mistakes. And if, if the Dodgers don't end up winning, you know it's all going to come down to that play oh, there. Yeah, yeah that, they'll replay that forever. Dodgers did win yesterday, though, so they're up 3-2 to two now. Oh, did they? Okay. So today's their off day. So um, one or two more games okay. to happen. So. That's cool. Interesting. Very interesting game. Yes. Like I said, we were just like I know, yeah. Un- unbelievable shock of that yeah. play. Yeah. Like you said, if there there was a time to catch the game, that was it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And Steelers are six and oh. Nice. The Very sole nice. undefeated team in the NFL currently. Very nice. Yes, yes. So except for they get the Ravens next week. That's gonna be a tough one. And I, I I'm it's cool that they're undefeated, but at the same time, there's seventeen games in the season. They extended the season this year. And why they extend it? I don't know. Well, they they extended it, and they they added um, two more teams to the, the playoffs. Weird, yeah. So the baseball kind of did that, but baseball they, season was cut short, so they extended right. the playoffs. Okay, okay. So yeah, they did that. So I, my fear is, I, I you just don't want your team to peak too early, you know? Right. Like they hit their stride, they're doing awesome, but then it's all of a sudden they go into the back half of the season, and then they suck. Yeah. So um, so it'll be interesting to see, but it, it's exciting to be a Steeler fan right now. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while that you've been excited to be a Steelers fan. Oh yeah, like all my life. <laughs> <laughs> you've been disappointed for a while now. 
So this week was interesting. Um, I got to I got the pleasure of going to the Spike Cohen rally, uh, the Libertarian Vice President candidate rally here in Cedar Rapids. Unfortunately, you didn't make it because right, it was your cool. homework last day. Which yes. congratulations, you are done Thank with you. school forever, I, yeah, forever, unless you decide to go be a doctor or yeah, something. Which may happen, you know. It could, but for now, forever, you're yeah. done with school. Okay. So that means you you can come and we can do two three shows a week, right? Right, absolutely. My wife would love that. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Now that you have all this time, you should go spend it all over there yeah. doing podcast stuff. <laughs> I'm sure that's what she's going for. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, I did get to go to that rally, and man, if I didn't support Spike before, I am 100% endorse Spike now that I went to his rallies. I mean, he's. He's by far the smartest candidate of all the candidates. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one saying the the right things. The yeah, and you're gonna get to see it because uh, in the second half, I did get some clips of that rally and pieced them together, and then also I was able to at the last second solidify an interview, a sit down interview awesome. with Spike. I mean, it was all the way up till I think the morning of that it was finally like official. Like, hey man, you got you got this yeah. interview. So, um. I was pretty sure all week, but it just wasn't official. Even when I was there, because he wasn't there soon enough before to get the interview before, and then he had he went and did his own debate coverage after, mm-hmm. which that's why we didn't do debate coverage because I went and hung out right. at this um, bar where he did his live cast live stream of the debate coverage. Yeah, and so he had that going on after, and I'm just sitting there like. Man, I, I, I really hope I get time for this. Right. And he was super cool about it, though. Like, even afterwards, he comes up. He's like, man, how long are you wanting to do this? You know, I'm just like, however much time you have. I, right. I understand you've had a hectic day and week and months. And he's like, I, I haven't eaten food all day. Do you mind if I sit down and eat food first? Go, go eat food. Yeah, yes, yeah. go eat some food. I will be here. Definitely eat some food. Yeah. I would hate for you to pass out while you're. I mean, that would be an interesting, that would be. interesting coverage. But <laughs> like I said, he was just really, really awesome guy. Um, like my brother knows him pretty well, and I got to spend a little bit of time with him. Good fifteen minute interview. So you'll get to see that in the second half too, and then we'll we'll talk about it because you haven't seen the interview yet. I have so, not. No. So you get to see it pretty much as they're getting to see it, and you get we'll we'll do our coverage and talk about it. But in the first half, we have all our usual stuff that's going on. Yeah, all the goodies. All the the world falling apart. Debates happened this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we didn't really get to cover it, so we're going to talk just a little bit about yeah. that. We have one say, week to go. Yeah, I'm waiting to see how, how much shit can hit the fan in the next week. Every day is going to yeah. get worse. It's, it's just going to pile, like, up, pile wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. It turns out the sex tape <laughs> is Hunter Biden and Joe. <laughs> is it not like a freaking soap opera? <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. It's just like... And Bo Biden was really alive this <laughs> yeah, whole time. Right. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. And the prostitute's his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into a little bit of that too. So otherwise, I think uh, we're just just ready to kick it. Let's kick it before you fall asleep. Don't fall I'm asleep. Not falling today, asleep. Man. I'm Don't good. I'm asleep. good. All I right. got a good night's sleep last night. Good. No. Good. All right. Let's do it. Okay. What did you say? <laughs> You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? 
What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? He listened to me. Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? And we're back. Here we are. Hello there. Hello there. Hello. Yeah, you? you gotta have that. You gotta talk in the mic when you talk. I'm not doing that. You were. You no. weren't. But now you are. Should I talk like this? No, don't do that. Right. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> My mic does not like that. <laughs> so we're back, and um, we got some a bunch to cover because the second half, like I said, is just going to be specifically uh, the stuff with Spike and the Spike rally and um, us talking kind of about the the libertarian campaign and stuff yeah. like that. So we're going to try to get through the world of news in the first half, this first hour here. So bear with us because I know y'all are dying to hear that interview, but we got some other stuff to cover first. I'm sorry, but yes, we do yes. because other stuff is going on in the world, which our presidential nominees, the the two main ones anyway, the two freaking clowns, yes. um, are failing to even mention that this stuff is going on, that there's even conflict going on overseas right now. It's all, the only overseas stuff is um, either Biden taking money from Ukraine or Rush, or uh, Trump taking money from Russia. Or that, China. Or China. 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 In the debates, they did mention China a lot. Be, yes. Both of them. They're like, I wasn't the one who took from China. That was you that took money from China. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't take money. But you, your whole family takes money from China. <laughs> and it's just like, that's all it was, was bickering back yeah. and forth. I know. We'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. But first of all, like I said, conflict overseas. Yeah. And again, I'm surprised that, you know, this is, hasn't been like a debate question. Like, you know, oh, what are your thoughts about the... The Azerbaijan Armenian war, you know, I mean, because they don't care. Well, I know, I know. Nobody they, cares. They want to concentrate on the COVID numbers. Yep, yep. COVID numbers, um, money scandals, all that yeah. fun stuff, all the tabloid stuff. That's that's what the election yeah. cycles become is a You're giant right. tabloid. It is. But we got this. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. This um, Serbian Azerbaini, Azerbaijani. <laughs> That, not Serbian, Armenian, no, no. and Azerbaijani um, conflict going on. I'll never be able to pronounce that word. Yes. I, I'm assuming this article probably says it 15 times like it did I, last time. I'm sure. Do you want me to take it this time? I'll let you read it. Okay. Let me pull it up first. Go ahead. All right. So this says, this is from Al Jazeera. Will the U.S. succeed in settling the Nargono-Karbaka conflict? And that is the area that they're battling over. So those aren't the parties involved. That's the area they're fighting. It says, after a month of hostilities and two failed ceasefires, Armenia seems to be on the losing side of its decades-old conflict with neighboring Azerbaijan. Since September 27th, Azerbaijan 
and Armenia have been fighting over the Nargona-Karabakh region, recognized as Azerbaijani territory, but dominated by ethnic Armenians since the early 1990s. Azerbaijani forces pushed deep into the mountain enclave, saying they liquidated hundreds of Armenian soldiers. Liquidated? Wow. Holy fuck. <laughs> liquidated? That's intense. No doubt. Most That's people just shoot them. Well, it's usually like exterminated or something right, like that. Yeah, liquidated. liquidated. That's like some, some like attack of Mars shit mm-hmm. right there. Uh, Turkey, Azerbaijan's staunchest ally, pledged to send troops. There we go. If requested by Baku. Baku. That's sweet. I like that name. Amid claims that, if I have another kid, I'm going to name him Baku. 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 Baku, Baku come here. <laughs> That's so sweet. What is middle name be? <laughs> I, I mean, what middle name would do justice for yeah, Baku? Yeah, he just got to call him. He, he doesn't even get a last name at that point. It's just, just Baku. Uh, <laughs> like, like, like Cher. He just has <laughs> yeah, it's just singular Baku. Baku. Yeah. Amid claims that it had allegedly dispatched pro-Ankara fight, fighters from Syria and Libya. Turkey and Azerbaijan have denied the allegations. Russia, Armenia's strategic ally and main international backer, has not dispatched a single soldier. Although it keeps thousands at a base in the northwestern Armenian city of Kyrgyzstan. So they haven't dispatched any soldiers. No, just they just keep them like, on hand in in the territory. Yeah. Well, they're in the Ar- Armenian city, so yeah. they're not there, but they're right. there. Um, less than 400 kilometers from the front lines. It also has not provided its advanced Krashuka 4 electronic warfare system Ooh, stationed sh- at the Gyrmuri base. Do we know what that is? I don't know what that is. Krushuka for electronic warfare system is, but it sounds badass. It does. It's probably like a giant mecha. It's like gotta a be. freaking robot just comes out of the. F- that would I be think sweet. so. Okay. Um, that can deactivate Turkish and Israeli drones. Oh, mm. interesting. And Azerbaijan used with lethal efficiency. Washington steps in. No. Yeah, it was bound to happen, even though nobody's talked about it. They need our freedom. They do. We, they hate us because of our freedom. Exactly. And we want their oil. So How man, much oil is over there? I don't know. Is that what they're fighting over? Did somebody discover oil? That is would that why it. all of a sudden yeah. they just decided to ramp this back up? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So many in Azerbaijan were convinced that a round of peace talks in Washington, D.C. on Friday would bring about long-awaited solution to the oldest armed conflict in the former Soviet Again, no one's talking about this. Perhaps a certain breakthrough will take place in Washington, considering that every day the Azerbaijani army blows devastating blows, blows devastating blows on the enemy. They should learn to. They should pull out. It's the trash forest. talk. They need to. You know what? I'm gonna blow devastating blows on you, brah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna liquidate your mom. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> Exhausting it and liberating new areas. Emil Mustafayez, a Baku-based political analyst, told Al Jazeera. Albertani Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov and his Armenian counterpart Zorab (laughs) Nadasankanyan. That name. That name right there. Uh, held separate meetings with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo after the talks. Pompeo urged both sides to end the violence. The secretary also stressed the importance of the sides entering substantive negotiations under the auspices of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs to resolve the conflict based on the Helsinki Final Act. Do we know what any of that means? Nah. Okay. 
Pompeo added in a tweet that he and both foreign ministers discussed critical steps to halt the violence. Both must implement a ceasefire and return to substantial negotiations. First stop. Why is it that public officials feel the need to release official statements via Twitter? Like, I knew it was a Trump thing, but now Mike Pompeo is adding in a tweet that he and both foreign ministers discuss critical steps. Interesting. Get up and give a freaking, like, press conference conference statement. Quit being lazy. That's why nobody knows, because nobody follows him on Twitter. No. No, Who follows Mike Pompeo (laughs) on Twitter? That's ridiculous. Uh, Let's see. Before meeting with Pompeo, both ministers had rushed to Moscow earlier in the week to meet with Russian diplomats. Diplomats. (laughs) Diplomats. Double your pleasure. (laughs) Um, U.S. President Donald Trump has succeeded in finding ways out of political stalemates. Do you Um, think we need to go into another country? No. No, I I don't think so. Especially when Russia's on the other side of that. Yeah. So I, I don't think so. Or is this a way to maybe poke at Russia, poke the bear, you know? Like, yeah. we can't actually well, it's threaten possible. Russia, but if we threaten their their, their smaller allies, I mean, we don't do a lot to threaten yeah. their big allies. I mean, we say a lot of words against Iran. Yeah. But, we, I mean, right. we've been doing that how many years now? We haven't right. gone to Iran yet. Yeah. Probably for good reason. Yeah. Do we need to get in another foreign? No. No, again, and I mean, that's what Syria was. I mean, it was us on one side, Russia on the other side, and that was just a total cluster. Do we ever go into these without our own best interests at hand either? I mean, yes, people are getting liquidated. (laughs) And blows, and blows. You know, blows. (laughs) Devastating blows. Devastating blows. But have we ever gone into any of these countries and come out and they'd be in better shape than when we went in? No, it's always to... You know, gain an ally in the region. It's always to you know for for oil for a place where we can land our planes in Put the one area. of our puppet dick leaders. Right. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And so no, it's never done because oh, we're the leader of the free world and we're gonna we want step them in to be and free. influence. Right, exactly. But yeah. no, that's never the case. There's always an agenda. Which, so I, I'm sure, but that every that's every country. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's the whole like. Um, imperialistic view of the world still to this day that we, I mean, yeah, we're not like colonizing, but if we're putting in leaders that have our best interest for like trade or for um, strategic military spots, then we're virtually the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially, especially when we, we come out and all the people there just live in rubble afterwards. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times these third world countries, you know, they just become sites of these proxy wars, you know, where it's us on one side, you know, Russia or China on the other side, and mm-hmm. we battle it out through these these yep. poor third world countries. They right. take the damage while it's we're trying to inflict damage on each other. Yep. So, I mean, what do we do here? Do we just let them blow each other up? Do we let other countries just do their thing? Or is, do we have a... But, An obligation, like a human rights obligation. But, I mean, I, unfortunately, again, the problem becomes that in this day and age, you know, if you don't step in, there's going to be a vacuum 
and yeah. someone's going to step in. But there's a vacuum after we step in, too. Well, this is true. This is true. But And we're billions and billions and billions of dollars more in debt. This is trillions true of dollars yeah. more in debt. I mean, I guess the goal is to try to put the other country billions of dollars in debt rather than us. <laughs> that never happens, though. Well, I mean, it does. I mean, that's what happened to Russia and our. And yeah, Afghanistan, but they've they've learned their lessons, and we yeah. haven't. So, yeah, we have because they lost at all. Big, yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm leaning more pro stay the fuck out of it because I yeah. I don't see any country that we've gone into it and left in better shape. Right, and we just leave ourselves yeah. in worse shape. So I I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with it because yeah. I don't like hearing of groups being like genocided and stuff like right. that but yeah. but again you know that's what the human rights council is supposed to be for supposed to be yes it's supposed to be we know that's not the case because they're putting they, china and right they're, they've gone all jerry Maguire, show yeah. me the money and, right and so i mean i don't know i don't have answers that's no. why i don't sit at those spots i guess of <laughs> no. leadership but no. the people that do don't really have good answers either yeah i i mean ideally to me if the united states is going to bow out of the u.n Right, mm -hmm. because they're pissed off by other members, right, and people are looking to them for answers. They need to come up with real solutions, right, and and proved that they're, what they're trying to say is that the UN does not have a place. Instead of you know giving these half-assed answers to things because they're trying to put on political theater, mm -hmm. so, that's all it is. Political theater these yeah, days, it is. That's all it is. So let's keep moving on. My next on my notes, I have written down fucking France. Yeah, and so France is—they've got a couple issues going on. They here. always do. Yes, it's they do. France. Sorry if you're from France, but you yes. said you said France, and I, so I immediately I just wrote fucking France. Yes. Which you know, I, I like the language. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The French language. Yeah, it's except pretty. when you go try to read their names like we did well, last week. Yeah, this is true, it, but it's a pretty language. So um, what you got? All right, so. Um, so we talked a couple of weeks ago, maybe even last week, about the teacher that got beheaded. Yep. Okay. It was last week, yeah. Okay. So um, Macron, which is the French prime minister, is now clashing with Islam and um, because of this. Can't imagine why. I know. I know. Um, so it talks about uh, Samuel Petit, a popular history and geography teacher at a school. Uh, Ten days later, he had his head chopped off. Uh, allegedly by a Russian-born teenager of Chechen heritage. And his students were in pieces over this. Yeah. Sending an electric shock into France's long debate about secularism. Uh, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, uh, responded by saying France would not renounce the caric caricatures. Since then, Macron has been described as mentally ill by the Turkish president, uh, Ergoyen. His ambassador to Pakistan has been summoned to condemn incitement of in, in, Islamophobia. Uh, and from Sana to Ridya, he has become a one-man axis of evil. So he's the new George Bush. The French guy is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he has spoke out against Islam. And so now all these Islamic countries are rallying against him. Is he speaking out against Islam or is he speaking out against the, the people that are chopping off people's heads over pictures, over cartoons? Well, I think... That's what I'm looking for here because it sounds like, um, let's see, uh, because um, the problem with France is that they've always had this whole policy of secularism, mm -hmm. right? They weren't going to, ever since the French Revolution, right. they weren't going to step in. But now you have 
this they've tried to be tolerant but you have these areas where these friend or these islamic immigrants have come in and like you said chop limbs off not all but some and so not all limbs or not all the islamists <laughs> <laughs> both both um, let's see here. Uh, it says to diminish his conflict with extremism is a narrow calculation of personal political advantage, uh, to misunderstand his intellectual journey on secularism in an office and the way in which the issue is central to the foreign policy. By raising the stakes and keeping them high, Macron is also trying to make others recognize they cannot stay neutral. Macron, after all, had tackled the part debate about Islamist extremism before Pati's, uh, death in the speech on uh, 2nd of October on secularism in an hour-long address in which he attempted to be nuanced on how to integrate Islam and French secularism. It contained a number of proposals to regulate imams and mosques, and the message has proved most provocative in Turkey, um, which said Islam is a religion that is experiencing a crisis across the world. In reference to Islamic State jihadism and also Wahhabism, the Saudi extremist ideologically ideology and Salafism. We don't believe in political Islam that is not compatible with stability and peace in the world. Um, so he's trying to figure out how to basically segregate the Islamic worldview with the secularist worldview from the French. So, and he's taking all kinds of heat for it. So you have this country that is founded not necessarily founded, but since the French Revolution, yeah. founded, refounded, I guess, on secularism. Yes. Very strong push towards secularism. Yeah. You have a group of people that immigrate into this secular country. Right. And are upset that it's secular. Right. You, I, as racist, Trump racist as this might sound, you came here. Yeah. Yeah. And you expect it to like them to just completely change. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to like practice their religion mm -hmm. in any sort. It's kind of like here in the US. I'm not saying yeah. Islamists should not be able to practice Islam here. Same with freaking Muslims or the same thing. Muslims, same with uh Mormons, same with even like the branch divinities. I don't give a fuck what your right what 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 your religion is. But when you're Injuring, hurting other people right. because of it, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. When you are saying the law of my religion supersedes the law of this country we immigrated to, then that's a problem. You yep. came here. Right. I'm sorry. That's just the way our laws yeah. work. Right. Yeah. I, I, there, there's really nothing else to say about it. It's just like, and then this other country is saying, oh, you're is just Islamophobia and blah, blah, blah. And it's right. like, no, I'm just afraid of people yeah. getting their fucking heads chopped off. Right, right, right. And so this is interesting. It says, many Europeans worry about Macron's somewhat Gaullist or France-first approach. Oh, that sounds familiar. Right, doesn't it? France itself does not always consult its allies or seek their support before taking diplomatic initiatives. It barely did so in Libya and didn't do so at all with regard to its Russian reset. Perhaps if Macron had nurtured tries with France's Eastern European NATO allies and EU members, he would have gained more early support for his stance against Turkey and more trust for his Russia diplomacy. So, yeah, it sounds like he's kind of taking the Trump approach yeah. and he's getting slammed for it. And, yeah. But I agree completely with you. If someone's going to come to the country, you can't criticize the country for the way it's been for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. right? I mean, 
go to a different country. Right. I mean, practice your religion peacefully. That's fine. But just know, like, on either side, somebody's going to offend you. And chopping off their head, whether your book says to do it, that's not the solution to it. And for the president to come out against that, that's his own right as the president of a secular nation right. to come out against that. If if an Arab country has or Muslim country has strict Muslim laws that says, "Hey, we cut off heads for this and this," that's that's on right. your country. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I can promise you, I I will never immigrate to Iran because, because you don't of, want your head cut off, right, or anything else. <laughs> Right. It's an understanding I have. <laughs> without... We're going to get shit for being racist. <laughs> I don't care. It's whatever. It's just what, this is my stance on it. Like, yeah. And I'm not holding this whole, if you don't like it, just leave. Right. Like, no, that's, that's no, not I'm my not opinion. Because and, America's better as a melting pot. Yeah. If, if, like, I don't like what's going on in our country, I'm not going to leave. I'm not saying right. I'm going to leave either. Right. And I don't agree that, hey, if you have a problem with the way the government's run, I have so many fucking oh, problems yeah. with how the government's right. run. Things should change. They need to change. Right. Yes. But when you're, like, completely, like, trying to change, I don't know, I, I having a hard time even putting into words, like, the structure of it or, like, the founding of it, yeah, change things over time like yeah. like racism had to change it, yeah. it needed right to change slavery slavery what the country was founded on needed to go away that it just needed to but i don't know just to come and just be like well you're racist because you won't let us do the things we did in our country and your country right. that's that's not racism right. that's just yeah. look these are our laws right. if i i don't yeah you abide by them or you don't yeah, and it's from my understanding, I mean, this is kind of on topic, kind of off, but America is a lot more lenient on their immigration laws than any other country oh, yeah. out there. And they are the ones that take the most shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's enough of yeah, France. freaking France. Damn it, France. You, you always got to ruin things, France. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So let's keep going. We got this thing going on with the UN. The UN yeah. has, is forming this treaty, this nuclear weapons treaty, um, right. banning nuclear weapons set to enter into force in January. So that's that's coming up pretty quick. That's really Usually quick. they make things like this and like, hey, we're going to ban this in like 2037. We right, want right. to get yeah. rid of all of it. Yeah. So this is from um, UN News. So it's straight from the mouth of the horse. Wow. Um, so it says the U.S. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez, in a statement, commended all the countries. Shit. Let me pull this up so you can read, read along. Um, commended all the countries whose ratification of the accord, approved by 122 nations at the General Assembly in 2017, who have helped bring the ban on weapons this far, singling out the work of civil society groups. Chief among those, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, or ICANN. <laughs> Are they related to Bob the Builder? <laughs> I was thinking eye candy. <laughs> which was awarded the Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize in 2017, declared through executive order, uh, declared through executive director Beatrice Finn that the coming into force was a new chapter for nuclear disarmament decades of activism have achieved what so many 
say was impossible. They spelled say S I S A I. Interesting. Hmm. New nuclear weapons are banned. One survivor of the atomic bombing at Hiroshima, Setsuko Thurlow, told ICANN that she had committed her whole life to abolition. I have nothing but gratitude for all who have worked for the success of our treaty. Saturday's milestone was reached a day after the island nation of Jamaica and Nauru submitted their ratifications, meaning that in 90 days the treaty will become active, banning nuclear weapons just over 75 after, just says just over 75, after they were first used. (laughs) 75 years. Jesus Christ, freaking edit your freaking article. Um, At the end of World War II. So, tribute to survivors. So, is this, like, across the board, or is this just the groups that signed it have agreed to disarm? Because it doesn't... Because it says they're officially banned, but I can't see the U.S. saying, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go for that. Describe the entry into force as the culmination of a worldwide movement to draw attention to the catastrophic humanitarian consequences of any use of nuclear weapons. Yeah, I don't know. So, here it says... Gutierrez said he was looking forward to doing his part in facilitating the treaty's progress towards total elimination. I thought that's what banning actually meant. So far, the main nuclear powers of the U.S., the United Kingdom, Russia, China, and France have not signed the accord. So everybody whiffed nuclear weapons. 99% of the nuclear weapons have not been banned. But all the rest of them have. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. That's that's progress. Yes. I'm glad the UN's there. The treaty declares that the country's ratifying it must never under any circumstance develop, test, produce, manufacture, or otherwise acquire, possess, or stockpile. That's a lot. That is a lot. Nuclear weapons or other nuclear explosive devices. Adopted on 7 July 2017 at UN conference in New York. It's funny it was in New York, but uh, right. the U.S. was like, uh, no. Yeah. The treaty represents the first multilateral legally binding instrument for nuclear disarmament in two decades. All right. Well, all that to say, the United States, Russia, U.K., and China still have the nuclear weapons. And, and, and freaking France. And freaking France. States that haven't joined the treat will feel its power too. I'm going to just read what they have written here. I'm not going, I I don't want to do it injustice by misreading it. So I'm going to read it with all its errors. States that haven't joined the treat will feel its power too. We can expect companies to stop producing nuclear weapons and financial institutions to stop investing in nuclear weapon producing companies. I don't think. We're going to feel it as bad as you think we're going to feel it. I, I don't think so. Like like I said, 99% of the weapons are still out there. Right. And we're g- going to keep producing them because there's no way somebody like the United States, especially led by Donald Trump, is going to sign that. I could see like Obama or Biden, Biden or somebody yeah. signing that. Right. But there's no way Trump's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's the best idea. I came up with that idea. <laughs> no, he's going to be like, no, I'm, I'm going to make bigger weapons. Yeah. I'm going to make exactly. – you want to you want to ban weapons? I'm going to make the biggest, yeah, biggest, the biggest nuclear weapon. Oh, boy. So 
I mean, is this anything? I mean, do, are are we going to feel the effect of it? You think? I, no, no. I I'm willing to I'm willing to bet this little article is probably going to die. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's because a big nothing. It, it is. It's a big goose egg. It's about as effective as the UN actually is. This is true. Yes. Yeah. This article. And it's amazing because I think everybody really wants the UN to be this like force in the world, right? And they want the UN to kind of dictate things and kind of move maybe into like Who some kind of one world. Who wants that? Who? I am convinced that that's what the left wants. That's oh. their ultimate goal. Maybe George Soros. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, they they want this open borders type thing, and you know, someone's got to be in charge. So why not the UN? Do you know how hard it is to govern? A country this size without a lot of corruption. Oh. I mean, look at the United States. <laughs> right? Classic example. Yeah. Imagine governing the entire world without a lot of corruption. Well, yeah. And the only way you can really do that is with total authoritarian control. Yeah. Thought police. Right, I mean, you'd have to. You have to. You have to. You have to control the the will of the people. I mean, look at all the the collective amounts of ideals and um, morals and stuff like that, just in this mm -hmm. country that we all have to try to reconcile, which is getting to be next to impossible. Imagine throwing the entire globe and all of its, um, all its people groups, all its religions, all its um. Um, ideals, just throw that all under one law and make that work. You look at, go back to freaking France. How did that work when you threw right. a group that is completely opposed to the governing body? Right. And how, how did that work out? It doesn't. It does not. And so you, you have an over-encompassing global yeah. Um, governing UN over in the entire world right. and with, with zero borders and we're all supposed to just oh, play yeah. happy and get along? Yep. No, yep. it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, in the, the pipe dream of some, you know, naive college kid, you know, who thinks that, you know, that the United States is evil and, and you know, kumbaya, the world can do better on its own, you know, yeah, that's that's what they're thinking. They're naive enough to believe that, and you know that a utopia can exist if if America just gives up its power. Sure, but right. we we know better than that. Right. I mean, that's just not possible. Right. So speaking of America, let's move over to the United States, because on Thursday night was the f second presidential, and possibly I'm gonna. Just throw out there the final I presidential the debate. Final one, yes. Even though I did see um, some other debate group had formed a thing because they were pro libertarian party and um, they invited Joe Jorgensen to debate stage and invited the other two. And then um, so there's this big announcement that Joe Jorgensen was invited to the debate stage with this other group and it's great. And this other debate with the two candidates. But then you keep reading the article and said it said um, the other two invites were pending. Uh, they're not going to go for it. No, they're not going to no. debate two two freaking jokers like this up no. on stage. They're not going to go up against an actual intellect, yeah, right? Because they have zero intellect. Right. Yeah. All they have done is shit throw. Yep. Their entire campaign process. So you get somebody up there yeah. actually answering questions. They're not going to know what to say. Right. Because she'll. They won't be able to interrupt her because they won't have a freaking clue what to say. Right. So 
yeah, debates, this joke of debates. It was less of a joke, but it was less entertaining, though, too, from what yeah. I saw. Because they um, actually took your advice and enforced the mute button policy. So each each candidate had exactly two minutes to answer the question while the other candidate was muted. Right, right. And so you see them like trying to interrupt. Inter- yeah. Interrupt. He's just like, just like, <laughs> you could see him saying stuff, and um, but it wasn't allowed. So you could actually semi comprehend what they're saying. But then afterwards, when they were um, responding to each other, they were both unmuted. So there was a little back and forth there, but it's still a little, a little bit more civil than the first one right but um yeah there was a lot there um a lot of i i took some notes i went back and rewatched it because uh, like i said i was at spike's listening party viewing party and so i didn't actually hear a lot of the stuff over him like re- like commenting on it so i okay. had to go back and rewatch it okay so you you watched part of it with me and you said you watched some of the recaps yeah so all I kept hearing was, for the most part, Trump kept jumping back to the Hunter Biden story. Right. And the China money yeah. and the Ukraine money. And then Biden was just diverting everything. He oh, just yeah. diverted from everything. He's, and he's like, no, that wasn't me. That was you. You're the one that took money from China. And he Trump would be like, no, no, no. You, 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 your family made mil- millions of dollars. Yeah. And yeah. so you and your whole crooked family, Joe. Yeah, that was his job. I think was to paint him as the Biden crime family, which, right. yeah, as we talked about last week, is looking pretty possible. Right. Yeah. So I I, I took some notes. Um, one of the scenes, and one of the things that irritates me with Joe Biden is when he's responding to the questions, he's always looking directly in the camera and pointing directly at the camera. He's never, like, looking over at, at Trump. Unless right. you can see him, like, getting frustrated and wanting to. He's like, I, I did... And then he, like, regains his calm. He's like, I did not... I have never... It reminded me of Bill Clinton with his... Oh, I yeah. did not have... Because he's yeah. like, I have never taken a single dollar from foreign entities. <laughs> Yeah, it was billions. <laughs> no, he didn't take yeah. money from foreign entities. Oh, his son did. He took it from his son. Yeah, yeah right. I'm just like, yeah, there's an easy way around this. Right, your yeah. son took it and gave you your cut. Right. You can. It's just like the Bill Clinton thing. I did not have sexual relationships right. with that one. No, yeah. no. I mean, a blowjob wasn't sexual relationships at no, that, no. that time. Right, Back in exactly. the 90s, I guess that wasn't no. considered sexual. Yeah. It was just, they even uh, taught that in, in, in sex ed in high school. <laughs> Be like, oh, this isn't actually intercourse. No, what they 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 revised the sex ed plan under yeah. instruction of the Clinton administration. Right? Yeah, I mean that was exactly it. They're just that's like, their damage uh, control. Everybody, every kid from every '90s kid does not think blowjobs are <laughs> sexual <laughs> relations anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, education department. Thank, thank you, Bill Clinton, for that. But yeah, no, that was his comment. Was I did not take a single dollar, and he always looked straight in the camera. Yeah. To gain your trust, looking right. directly yeah. in your eyes with his beady little Biden yeah. eyes, yeah. and uh, like Trump was always just looking directly at him. And oh arguing. yeah, yeah, it's just like because you know that. I mean, how much would that piss you off? You're trying to like not make eye contact with him, mm-hmm. and you know he's just like staring, you know, just like burning a hole yeah. in the side of your head. Like it's like 
It's like when you're trying to look a dog in the eyes. And <laughs> right, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're um, a crook, Joe. You're a crook. You and your whole family. <laughs> He's like... One of my favorite parts of the debate was when they brought up the freaking damn kids in cages again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was, I mean, it always comes one. back to the, the kids in cages. Yeah. That's why it's my favorite part. It was when Trump was like, like, as... Because this was during their... Uh, response time so they both could yeah. be talking but the whole time by his talking he's like who put the kids in the cages joe <laughs> yeah. who put the kids in cages who, who put built the, the cages who joe? built the cages joe <laughs> yeah. and it reminded me i was highly <laughs> highly intoxicated we'll just say that at the time watching it um afterwards i watched it a little bit with my brother and during that time i was just like that just reminds me of a few good men, and I just waiting for Joe Biden to be like, "You're goddamn right! I put those kids in the cages. <laughs> you have to stand on that wall." Do you? Do you? We oh, live in a world with laws. <laughs> I was just waiting for that moment to come out because you could just see the steam rolling. Oh yeah, he just just that Jack Nicholson moment. I oh, just yeah. wanted that to come out. That would have been it just a beautiful. Didn't come thing. out. Yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> oh, and then. A lot of people say, well, I, I saw some polls and and several of them said that Biden won that debate with a landslide. Which is funny because everybody I've talked to, even people who are not Biden fans or uh, Trump set fans said that they thought Trump took it. You know, it's easy, though. I, I'm guessing you the majority of Americans, maybe not the majority, but a good percentage of Americans don't watch the debate. Yeah. But if you see an article that says so-and-so won the debate, then right. you have more faith in that that person you're right yeah so they can say whatever they want and it's kind of like their responses to the debate i yeah. feel like they just say what they want to say at the time right like i don't feel these numbers actually come from anywhere no like joe biden kept pointing out these things like oh yeah pretty soon two hundred thousand more people are going to be dead where where are you getting that yeah that's that right. number I, though? I, and i love this narrative he said he goes through it's like you know it's going to be a dark winter this year some um, there's gonna be an empty chair at your dinner table. Oh <laughs> You're gonna get an extra slice of turkey this year, <laughs> and the yams are not gonna be canned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it was just all. I I, I mean, the numbers probably come from somewhere, but yeah. we looked at the the. The numbers, they were pro the projections from the beginning, and they're nowhere right. close to the projections from the beginning. So right. for them to be projecting again, it's hard to have faith in projections. Right, yeah. Especially coming from either one of these idiots' mouths. It's like yeah. 200,000 billion per trillion more people will be dead mm. by September of right. last year. Yeah. What the fuck did you? <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the numbers are so skewed, and the you know, and I think they just they quote the numbers because they want that reaction. You know, how many people are actually going to look up and see if those numbers are accurate? Right. You know, e even the fact checkers are going to somehow you know skew it the way they wanted mm -hmm. to. Be like, well, it's not really this; it's closer to this. But some people said it might be this, so we're going to say true. Yep. You know, it's just yep. not entirely false, is yeah. what they say. Right. For one right. Side. Right. Yeah. 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 So my favorite part though. No, I already said my favorite part. Yeah. That was that was that, the, that was the cages. That was the cages. My second favorite part was Biden sticking his foot in his mouth because Trump kept pushing this. You were vice president for eight years. Why didn't you do this? You were vice you you were in for eight years. Biden actually uttered the words, I wasn't president at the time. 
he threw Obama completely under Damn, the bus. I, Twice I, he I did that. that. Wow. Twice. He's like, I was just like, oh, shit. Because huh. at the same time, what's Obama doing? He's out campaigning for him because right, he yeah. was preparing for yeah. these debates. And he's like, that wasn't me. That was that was Obama. You can't put that on me. <laughs> Could you imagine Obama having a big debate party, you know, and everybody sitting around, he's... He's got his martini or whatever, you know, and all of a sudden Joe says that and the room gets silent. He's just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> all right, guys, it's over. Get out. <laughs> yeah. There I am. Michelle, get him. She comes out. <laughs> I'm stampeding out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said it twice, though. He's like, I wasn't president. That wasn't That's me. I'm, I, 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 wasn't. I heard him say once that we, well, we had a Republican in Congress. But and that it, was only for half of it, right. Though. Well, and then and then Trump kind of spoke out. He's like, "Well, you got to be able to work with them, Joe, like mm-hmm. I did, you know." And and you know, and he's and you know, Biden tries to go off the rails a little bit. And then Trump comes out and he's just like, "You know what? I ran because of you and Obama." Right. He's yeah. like, "I I wasn't going to run. I if if it wasn't for you guys and how terrible you are, I wouldn't have ran." And yeah. so f- to say. Biden won with a landslide. I I don't think he did. I don't think so. Because I think he kept diverting a lot of the questions. Because one of the main questions, obviously, is coronavirus. Like, what in the next four years, what are you going to do? And they asked the president, and he goes off on his whole freaking pre-recorded message, the same chewed up bullshit of... Uh, we shut down the borders immediately. And what were they doing? They were da- out dancing in the streets and like the same shit that you've heard. Right, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have anything new to right. say. And we're working on a vaccine. He's like, we're going to, it's going to be ready in a few weeks. And right. she's like, a few weeks. And he's like, yeah, a few weeks. He's like, she's like, your, um, your own, uh, um, experts have said that it could be well into 2021, maybe even 2022 that we'll still be wearing masks and that this won't be ready for at least like, months from now and he's like well that's not entirely accurate he's like i I don't think that's accurate it's like well and to to his credit fauci is the one that said that yeah that you know that he thinks we're still gonna be wearing masks and and social distancing through 2022 but i would think that if it's going to be ready to implement in a few weeks we would have heard by now right no and i agree but and then the other part i heard is that you know distribution is going to be the hardest thing yeah they said that and he said i have the this was the scariest part of the whole thing he's like i have the best military generals and they are going to be on it's like that wait what (laughs) what i don't like what did you say yeah no (laughs) no i don't want no military knocking on my door distributing uh vaccines well and then the other parts of the debate is um the uh, the fracking incident. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah when uh, Biden kept saying, "Well, I no, I did not say I was going to ban it. I did not going to say, uh, you know, I, I never, never said, said that." And he's then, like, "We got we got you on tape. We he's got you like, on well, tape, the, Joe. Well, then put it out there." And he's like, "Put it on your website." He specifically, I said, "Put it yeah. on your website." He's like, "Okay, I'll do it tomorrow." Yeah. And next day, sure as shit, there was yeah. a video of him saying probably fourteen times, "I'm going to ban, put a ban on fracking. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to stop and fracking." The funny part is. When when Joe said that, you can see the the look on Trump's face. He just got the biggest smile on his face. He's he like, just kind of like look at the crowd. He's like, it's like this gotcha moment. It's like he well, did his Robert De Niro like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I gotcha. It's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. And then he got him with the uh, the gasoline, saying, uh, you know, are are you gonna transition away from uh from petroleum? Yeah. And uh, Joe goes, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna we are. And he's like, 
Really? He's like, oh. He's like, you dang. hear that, Texas? You hear that, Ohio? <laughs> Did you hear that? And the funny part is that the moderator is like, um, what did you say um, something like, uh, basically, <laughs> like, did you really say that? <laughs> yeah, no, she's like, do you want to um, try to fix this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly what she said. I don't either, but it, but was, it like, was funny. It's like, you want to, you care to like backpedal right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you the opportunity. <laughs> you have four minutes. <laughs> Yeah, we're cutting off his mic now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was a shit show. I mean, I, I don't see there was a winner. And if anything, Trump won simply by um, trolling. Oh, that, yeah, because absolutely. you could see still Joe gets really flustered when he's trolled. Mm-hmm. And Trump's answers were not no good. They no. were no better than no. they're at the same yeah, same lines he's ever given. Yeah, nothing's even even more clear because, you know, with him, it's just like, well, you know, we have the greatest, best policies, yeah. and the greatest, best, you well, know, people in place. And, you know, it's that's just, what I, I started to say about the coronavirus one. He gave all his bullshit answers. Right. But then they switched to Joe and they're like, so what are you going to do? to combat um the virus and all he did was say this man had like hundred thousand lives lost or whatever two hundred thousand lives lost and he gave his whole two hundred thousand more will be lost and he's like i'm gonna pull us out of that right yeah so what's your plan yeah right what's the freaking plan because you all you both did was just Say what the other party did. Right. Nope. I mean, Trump gave his made up, oh, the vaccine will be ready in right. two weeks yeah. and we're going to implement it with the military. Right. That was at least saying something. Right. Joe just said, I got a plan. We're going to pull us out of this. Yeah. Right. When I'm president, we're just going to be done with this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whole nod, nothing. The, the winner of the debate, because the first one, the winner was Joe Jorgensen. For sure. The vice presidential one we declared the winner was the, the fly. fly. Yes. The winner of this debate was Trump's accordion hands. His <laughs> tiny accordion. Because I don't understand. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense when you're talking to motion like this. Because usually when you're talking, your hands, like as you're getting more expression, right. your hands get bigger. His get yeah. bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller and bigger and Next smaller. Next time he's talking like this. Maybe play like the chicken dance in the background. Well, have you ever seen those? <laughs> have you seen those videos where they um, Photoshop an accordion in his hands and no, make accordion sounds that. every time he does this? <laughs> you got to pull those up and watch them. I never realized until this one um, how bad he does it, and it's just ridiculous because it's just in and out, in and out, yeah. in and out. So I'm gonna have to say Trump's tiny accordion hands <laughs> won the debate because that's all I could focus on yeah. the entire debate. Yeah, yeah. So winner goes to accordion hands. They will be put up on a pedestal with the fly, <laughs> with um, Mike Pence's fly, head fly. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, um, I think that's all we had on debates. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things uh, real quick. So Trump called out uh, China and India as having the worst, ugliest air. Ugliest? And water. Dirtiest? Yes, yes. And so... Um, it says, uh, this is, again is from the this is from the BBC. It says, Indians have reacted to the U.S. President Donald Trump describing the air in India, China, and Russia as filthy. His remarks drew both anger and introspection with some Indians, asking Prime Minister Narendra Modi to take notice. Others agreed that capital Delhi of Delhi, Delhi, 
That, that's <laughs> the, a city in Iowa. We don't capital, know how to pronounce names. Their air is perfect, actually. <laughs> their air, cell service sucks. Though. It's true. Air was among the most foul in the world. In recent weeks, the city's air quality has turned severe with residents complaining of breathing difficulties. India's dreaded population pollution, pollution thank you, season, because they do have population seasons, and it's <laughs> bad, has returned to levels of PM 2.5, dangerous tiny pollutants in the air. In the capital have averaged around 180 to 300 micrograms per cubic meter. That in sounds bad. Weeks. I don't know exactly what that means, but 12 it times, sounds bad. 12 times higher than WHO's safe limits. You need to call them the who. The who? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's basically that. So, it, so Trump they, was not talking out of his ass. No, but they were kind of irritated that he said that, weren't they? Right. Well, yeah, because he called him out. Yeah, and they, yeah, some people didn't like it. Like, how, how, how dare he say that? Yeah, but no, he, that was a, there was a few things that Trump had said that they're, they, acted like he's just pulling shit out of his ass or, oh, he, yeah. or he's just a fucking idiot. This other one is when he was talking about the, the kids in the cages because um, Biden kept saying that they came with uh, their families and they're separated from the families. And Trump said that they were – a lot of them were brought by coyotes. Yeah, that's awesome. And apparently not enough people have watched shows like Breaking Bad because right. they actually thought he was literally talking about coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the world, America, that we live in. Yeah. So this article says Trump condemns coyotes on the southern border. Progressives take him literally. No way. I, I guess Biden's reaction was, these 500 plus kids came with parents. Coyotes didn't bring them over. It makes us a laughing stock. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. President Trump refer referenced coyotes helping to smuggle families from Mexico across the southern border into the U.S. when addressing the topic of illegal immigration during Thursday night's presidential debate. Children are brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, and they're brought here, and they used to, used to use them to get into the country. He said, we are, we are now... We now have a strong border as ever. We have over 400 miles of brand new wall. You see the numbers, and we have to let people in, but they have to come in legally. Says, following the statement, Twitter lit up with a flurry of confused responses <laughs> as users thought the president meant that literal coyotes were smuggling people across the border. Says, this person says, since when did coyotes start bringing kids over here? Oh my. I don't know. Here's a lingerie ad. Somebody said, the children are brought here by coyotes? Come on, give me to the interesting ones. <laughs> Hot damn, coyotes are so much smarter and capable than I ever gave them credit for. I apologize for underestimating you, tweeted actor and producer Sendil Ram Rama Murthy. Um, Don't know who that is. Yeah. Did Trump just say 545 kids, they can't find their parents for they for came over there Cartels and coyotes. How the hell does a coyote bring a whole human across the border? Lord, wow. stop talking. This wow. is the Georgia State Representative. Wow. Darshan yeah. Kendrick. And these are people that are voting. Like these This are, is a freaking politician. Well, and the other people are celebrities and, and sports people that, that influence are other people. Right. They're influencing people. They don't have a freaking clue. This part, Eric Metcalf of the Cleveland Browns said, kids coming over on coyotes to America? Am I missing something? Wow. Um, Sophia Narwitz, 
No, this is uh, Natalie Campisi of Forbes tweeted, I've seen a lot of coyotes here in SoCal, but I've never seen one carrying kids. Good freaking Lord. Other progressives simply attacked the president for making the argument at all and did not confuse the point with literal coyotes. So there's that. Dumb people, like we said, not not just like normal everyday people. Yeah. But high up there are people that are supposed to be influencing the general population. Yeah. Not having a freaking clue what they're talking about. The one interesting thing to me when he was talking about um, the borders again was he made very clear, because remember when he said they're bringing in their rapists, they're bringing right. in, and, yeah. e- and everybody shit themselves because they're like, oh, he's calling all Mexicans right. rapists and, right. and murderers. This time, he very deliberately was like, a rapist came over, a murderer came over, a bad person. It's just like, just one of each. Just, <laughs> just Were they all together? It sounds like the start of a bad joke. Right, yeah. A rapist, a murderer, and a bad person came walked from Mexico. Walked into a bar. Walked, walked into the United States from Mexico. Yeah, that's funny. So, that, yeah, lots of shit out of that. Even though it was, wasn't as um, eventful as the others. Yeah. Still a lot of shit there, and still plenty of reason to think these guys are just a bunch of old clowns up up on the stage. Yeah. So, got a couple more things. Our hour is almost up. Yeah. But, um... I think the the biggest news that just came through uh, within the hour is... uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed to be Supreme Court Justice. I did see that. I saw that, and it was... It was close. It wasn't as close as I suspected. Yeah, it was like the first thing I sent you. She was confirmed with a 52 to 48. So it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably pretty much all that Republicans voted for her. I've never seen the Supreme Court justice get confirmed that fast. No. I mean, it it's usually flew. a couple months. It flew through. Oh, yeah. But, um, and it, it kind of went without a hitch from what I've heard. Like, yeah. it was the most civil confirmation hearing and even like it wasn't nancy pelosi i don't think who's the i can't think of her name i don't know there was a there's another democrat that was just like man i thank you for making this a civil thing and it was just like that that's cool that they could actually maybe be civil about this i know they did berate her a little bit right but I, it was it definitely wasn't the Brett Kavanaugh show right, that yeah. we had, and that's what I figured it would. I figured it, oh, just go on forever. I think they yeah. just realized this isn't our battle to fight. Right? Yeah, we, we have our focus elsewhere. Yeah, we we can't fight with this when we have an election yeah. in a week from now. So right. they're just like, you know what? Sure, just let it happen. Yeah. It's going to happen anyway because yeah, the Senate is the majority. Yeah, I mean they could push it back and hopefully take over the Senate and then um, then push against it. But yeah. the odds weren't in their well, favor. Pack the courts, you know, get, right. get three or four new judges in there or something. Yep. So, um, but so I'm waiting for the fear mongering to start tomorrow. Oh, yeah. If yeah, it's going to happen. Tonight about uh, women's rights are women's officially rights, over. Uh, Same sex marriage is over. They're yep. going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, what else? Oh, healthcare. Everybody's going to lose their healthcare now. Oh, absolutely. So, if y'all want to complain about that, just know that this went without basically without a hitch. So your senators thought that something was more important. So if you do have a problem with that, take it up with uh, your senators that didn't really push back too hard. 
So I think um, we had some other stuff. We're running out of time for this hour, and I do want to get into this interview. Um, We're going to go take a break. I'm going to come back from break, just go straight into, um, we're going to watch the rally coverage and then the interview, and then you and I will come back afterwards and talk about it. So um, like I said, this is a vice presidential candidate, vice presidential candidate of the people, in my opinion. He's, he's, they're the only candidates that actually seem to have our best interest at heart. They're not the ones that are pushing for all this extra uh, funding because that's that's completely against the libertarian way. They they want you to have more power, you to have more control of your own life. Yeah. Um. I mean, their their damn slogan is "You are the power." So, um, yeah. If you if you haven't heard much about Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen, you'll get a little information out of this this next couple of videos, and then um definitely go look them up, and we'll we'll come back and talk about it. So we're gonna go to break. If you got nothing else to say, I have nothing else to say. Sure, you have plenty, but but it's time. It, it it's time. All right, here we go. We'll we'll be right back. Hey, everybody! I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Libertarians understand that the only way that we're going to be able to fix the mess that the Republicrats have created is to take that power and that freedom and that money and put it back in your hands where it always belonged. That's why we're libertarians. That's why we're running for office. And that's why we're voting for Joe Jorgensen. Thank you. By the way, never feel like you can't clap during one of my speeches. So whether I'm paused or not, you can just clap right over me. I don't care. And who here is sick and tired of watching the veterans of those wars if they're fortunate enough not to come home in a flag-draped casket? often coming home with all sorts of health problems and being subjected to the worst form of health care in this country, the Veterans Administration. Who here is sick and tired of watching the cost of living spiraling out of control, everything from health care to housing, higher education, and everything in between because of the Federal Reserve and other disastrous Republicrat policies? Who here is sick and tired of watching the gap between those who have the least and those who have the most continue to go out of control because of crony policies that were made to rob you and benefit those who have power over you. Who here is sick and tired 
of watching entire communities being decimated by this failed war on drugs. Name a policy you hate. The war on drugs, the endless wars overseas, the Patriot Act, the 1994 crime bill, Obamacare, gun control. Name a bad thing to come out of D.C. Joe Biden has either helped write it, helped uh, co-sponsor it, helped vote for it to become a law, or helped oversee its enforcement during the eight years he was in the White House. Joe Biden is the architect of every bad policy to come out of D.C. for the nearly 50 years he's been there, when he's not busy sniffing children or forgetting what his name is. And how fitting that one of the architects of the militarized police state would choose as his running mate one of its most brutal enforcers. Let's talk about Kamala Harris, who has the distinction of putting more people away in cages for victimless crimes than any other person alive. Let's talk about someone who at least twice that we know of intentionally withheld ex exonerating evidence in a capital murder case. Let's say that, I'm going to say that again. Let's talk about someone who at least twice that we know of tried to have someone executed for a crime that she had evidence they did not commit. Now let's talk about the other wing of that plane crash. Let's talk for a moment about Donald Trump. Again, or not. We can talk about let's talk about a lifelong crony who has used the power of government to enrich himself at the expense of everyone else around him. Whether we're talking about using eminent domain to force widows to sell their homes to him so he could build his next casino project, or when that project failed, using the bankruptcy courts to unload as much of his debt onto his poor shareholders and investors as possible so he could walk away with all of the profits. Let's talk about someone who said that he was such a great businessman and he made the best deals, only the finest deals, only the best deals. Many people are saying, I make the best deals. And he said he was going to cut spending by renegotiating all the deals and instead he has spent more money than any president before him and he has accomplished this in one term. This year alone, he has signed off on over $7 trillion of spending, and he is currently trying to push for yet one more multi-trillion dollar billionaire crony bailout before the year is closed. He said that he would, uh, oh, uh, he said that he would cut taxes, and instead the average American is, has a higher tax rate now once you factor in his failed war on trade and his tariffs that you have to pay off you are paying more in taxes than you did when he got into office. He said that he would end the wars overseas, and instead there are more troops overseas now than there were when he got into office. And of course he said that he would protect your right to keep and bear arms. And I probably don't have to tell you what he did there. Oh, I wish that were the, be that were the end of it, but you're right, the bump stock ban, the suppressor ban, this man has passed more gun control, regulations, and executive orders than the last five presidents before him. As if a sane adult had been in there between the other two clowns, someone who could actually form a coherent sentence and could demonstrate how our, limit, our, our common sense libertarian reforms will actually fix the problems that they've created, not only would the American people vote libertarian, but they'd never vote Republican or Democrat another, another day of their lives. That's why they've kept us out. That's why they've done everything they can to suppress myself and Joe and Myra and Rick and libertarians running across the country. 
and uh, mandatory minimum sentencing and uh, and so many other things that Joe Biden and other Republicrats helped put in, uh, into place and that Donald Trump has enthusiastically enforced during his time in the White House. We need to completely uh, disrupt the entire thing and get the federal government out of policing and allow individual communities to decide what their police and first response teams look like. But the first thing we need to do is hold them accountable, and that's why we need to end qualified immunity for police officers and government agents, and we also need to end absolute immunity for politicians and judges and prosecutors and other people in office. Thank you. And folks, with that, they will be telling me where to go to take uh, selfies and, uh, and autographs and all of that stuff. So thank you again for coming. Oh, I'm in a romantic mood. Oh, sorry. Hi. <laughs> I was recording that, by the way. Good. Just so you know. Just, that's, just to that's get it. That's good. Um, this is Craig with the Break the Bell podcast, and I have the uh, pleasure tonight of sitting down with Spike Cohen, the Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate, who I would have to say personally is the vice presidential candidate of the people, and the only, uh, the Joe Jorgensen campaign and the Spike campaign are the only actual campaign for the people. And um, I don't know if you can attest to that or not, but um, um, in my opinion, you are the only ones who are are like looking to give the power back to us. I mean, your your motto is actually "You are the power." Um, could you kind of explain that a little bit of uh, uh, why why wear the power in in the eyes of your campaign? Well, absolutely. So, my, uh, uh, Craig, this speaks directly to what we believe uh, as libertarians. We believe that we own ourselves. We believe that we have autonomy over ourselves and our bodies and our rights and our, our actions. We believe that we own our own labor. And since we own our labor, that means that we own the product of our labor, which is our property. And we recognize that all of these things are inherently owned to us. We can share them, we can give them away, we can sell them, we can uh, combine them to make other things, we can do whatever we want with them, but they belong to us. And when someone violates that, when someone tries to order you around or take from you, they're aggressing against you. That's not just wrong from a moral standpoint. You shouldn't harm people. You shouldn't take their things. But it also doesn't work. If I can take from you whenever I want to, I'm not going to be a good steward of what I have. I'm not going to have to make good choices with what I have because I can just take more from you. When we look at the harmful and abusive and inequitable outcomes that we're all facing right now, the spiraling out of control cost of living, the spiraling out of control cost of housing, health care, higher education, and everything in between, when we look at police brutality, when we look at the wages of the war on drugs, when we look at all of the terrible things that are happening here and around the world, they are happening because Republicans and Democrats have presumed the authority to take from you whenever they want to, to aggress upon you whenever they want to, and it doesn't work and it isn't right it is why we are in the worst recession of our lives while stock prices are at and above all-time highs this doesn't end until we kick them out dismantle their systems and take the power and the wealth and the money that they have stolen from you and put it back in your hands where it always belonged i really like that answer um i I know we have a lot of like kind of libertarian leaning viewers, but um, I don't think any of them are actually like self. Well, not I can't say any of them, but a lot of them I don't think are like self-professed libertarians. But so it's kind of nice to get an actual opinion of what the the um, libertarian party actually stands for, at mm -hmm. least what your your campaign is standing for. Right. Because as you said in your rally, like um, the libertarian party can actually like. Some like everyone kind of has their own ideas of what the Libertarian Party actually stands for. So to actually get that view, because I see more so this year, I think, than any other year, um, 
from both sides bashing on the Libertarian Party, and I think that's probably because you're making more noise than usual, scaring, like shaking things up and scaring them a little they bit more. They are horrified at what will happen when we get enough of a footing to end up on that debate stage. We just saw it again tonight. We're here at a, at a debate watch party that I live-streamed on my show, The Muddy Waters of Freedom. And we saw firsthand what happens when you have a Republicrat debating a Republicrat. They argue over which one is more corrupt, which one is more hypocritical, which one is the biggest liar, which one has promised the most while delivering the least, and generally which one's the biggest schmuck. And the reality is they're both big schmucks. It is a tie every single time. And the reality is when libertarians get on those debate stages and when there's an actual sane adult there, someone who is actually able to demonstrate how we got here and to put the blame squarely where it belongs on both of those parties and both of those politicians and the policies that they have worked together to create and demonstrate how our common sense libertarian solutions are the way to fix the problems that our opponents have created, it'll be over for them. Not just the election, but their entire system. The crony gravy train is over. The school-to-prison pipeline is over. Police brutality is over. The spiraling out-of-control cost of health care is over. The days where their billionaire cronies can saunter into Capitol Hill and state and local capitals across the country and write themselves a blank check that you get robbed to pay for, all of that is over. You have your money back. You have your power back. You're able to thrive and prosper. What do you say to, because I've read this post several times on some of the um, libertarian memes and stuff. People will comment and they'll be like, oh, the libertarian party is just a failed Republican or a libertarian uh, candidate or politician just a failed Republican. Uh, it's not true. I mean, we, I'm not a Republican. I haven't been a Republican since I was in my uh, what, early 20s. And uh, Joe has never been a Republican in her entire life. We are not failed anything. Right. We are libertarians. We have a very unique philosophy that is based on the idea that we should be free, that the American people, that the people do best when we are most free. And that the less free we are, the more harmful outcomes that leads to. Uh, and you will never hear that from Republicans. You will certainly never hear that from Democrats. You will hear pandering and platitude. They will, for example, Republicans will talk about lowering spending and lowering taxes and, and lowering the cost of living. And instead they get into office and continue to raise all of that stuff, raising the debt and raising everything else. Democrats talk about ending the war on drugs and ending police brutality and introducing criminal justice reform, and instead they go in and continue to make things worse in those aspects as well. They know how to pander to their bases, but at the end of the day, they don't actually deliver anything real or concrete because they can't. Their entire system of cronyism is built around this failed uh, statist Republicrat system that they've built, and it's only going to continue to get worse until we kick them out. How does uh, how does somebody like you get into politics? I I'm I'm guessing that wasn't like an aspiration from day one. Like, how did you get into this? Because before you were a bit, you you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you're a podcaster, activist. Yeah. Did did activism just lead you into politics, or or how'd that work out? What led me into politics was hearing everyday Americans on my shows and in my activism increasingly frustrated with the fact that it was more than likely going to be Donald Trump and Joe Biden, two people who are emblematic of, uh, emblematic of, of 
everything that's going on right now. Don, uh, uh, Joe Biden is one of the most, uh, he is the one of the architects of every bad policy to come out of D.C. for the past several decades. Donald Trump has been cheerleading those policies for decades uh, as a crony businessman who used the power of government to harm everyone around him so that he could profit at their harm. Uh, he is now is in office continuing what every Republican before him has done, continuing to grow, uh, 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 to grow the government in its cost and its size and its scope and in every single aspect of our lives and the worsening of outcomes that leads to that so they are both part and parcel of every bad thing to come out of dc um so i mean that's and hearing that frustration and hearing so many people who didn't even know that there was a third option even know that there was a different way of looking at things i resolved myself and realized that the only way we were going to be able to spread the message of liberty was to have libertarian candidates and activists who are empathetically and, and dynamically and in an engaging way presenting the message of liberty in a way that connects with everyday Americans. And that is what Joe and I are doing in our campaign. We really like all your answers because um, it's it's so different than when any other politician is up there saying. And you've said it, uh, we've said on our show, it's just a circus. There's a bunch of, a couple of clowns up there. I was almost uh, hesitant to call them a bunch of clowns in this interview because I didn't know if you'd be like more politically correct about it. But then I, I heard you on stage call them clowns at and, least. And I actually times. regret it because there's nothing wrong with an actual clown. Like <laughs> real clowns are just entertainers. Not so even doing shout out to all my clown friends. I certainly don't want to insult you by comparing you to Republican politicians. Uh, I recently compared them to eight-year-old children, and I immediately apologize because you know eight-year-old children are still developing their brains and uh, and probably still are able to act more mature than Trump or Biden are. So I apologize for that too. I mean, part of the problem with insulting them is that what you compare them to, uh, it's actually an insult to what you're comparing them to, and, and that includes clowns. I, I certainly don't want to alienate the clown vote. I definitely don't want to. Uh lose out on the the vote of your your the clown voter vote i don't want faces. to lose out on it <laughs> I'm sure together it we will honk honk <laughs> to a greater future definitely for ourselves and our clowny loved ones okay <laughs> i like it i like it a lot um so i mean you you've talked about how that's what i was leading up to is you talked about how getting them both up on the stage and it's just them like pretty much just pointing their finger at the other person yep, yep. uh do, do you see a possibility of somebody like you or joe ever getting on a stage like that and um or or do you think they're so scared that they want to ever put you guys up on the stage because you would put reason into the actual conversation i think there's a possibility of it i think what we saw is what they will do to pr try to prevent that so in order to be able to qualify for the debate stage, you have to get 15% or more in five or more reputable opinion polls. Now, putting, bye Rick, good to see you. Uh, putting aside the fact that they don't say what is or is not a reputable opinion poll, they also don't require that the polls include us to begin with. So we weren't included in polls for months. And it was only after that cutoff point was where they were no longer, they already had decided who qualified for the debates, that they started including us in the polls. Now, we're doing better in the polls than Gary and, and, and Bill did in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do believe that we're going to do better than, than any libertarian candidate has ever done before. But they intentionally left us out when it could have potentially allowed us to be able to make it to the debate stage. It's very possible that if in the future we still uh, qualified and got 15%, that they jack it up to 20% or 25% or 30% or whatever it takes to make sure that we don't qualify. Because 
the Commission on Presidential Debates is a cartel that is exclusively owned by Republicans and Democrats. Right. And until we disband that cartel, until we have more options and a more open market, uh, more free market for debates and just general inclusion in the in the political conversation, they have total control of every lever. So in 2020, this this messed up world we're in, country we're in right now, what where we've gotten ourselves into, if somebody like yourself or Joe does not win in one of these sorry to the the clown population again these people that are even that that make that these people that don't even qualify to shine the shoes of the american (laughs) clown in this country so if one of these um low-life clown shoe shiners get does get elected into the office um is there is there any coming back from what we're we're in right now yeah i so i don't i don't do the crisis thing i don't do the if we don't win this election everything's gonna fall apart and we're all gonna die type of it's not i don't we don't we are not things will be that much worse four years from now i said Mm -hmm. this in 2016 if donald trump wins we aren't all going to become nazi germany if hillary clinton wins we aren't all going to become communist china if Hillary or Trump win four years from now, it'll just be that much worse. And the candidates that they give us the next time around will be that much worse because they will have seen that they can put up garbage and still win votes. That's what will happen in 2024. We will be that much more worse off and the candidates will be that much worse that we'll have to choose from. Is it bad? Yes. Are we all going to die? No. And I and, and even if it, it isn't politically advantageous for me to say so, I'm not going to lie to people and say we can't. We're not going to survive. Our democracy is that. That's that's that is both sides use that rhetoric to scare you into voting for them. I don't want to scare you into voting for me. You already know how bad things are. You didn't need this pandemic to tell you that our healthcare system was a mess. You didn't need these lockdowns to tell you that our economy is a mess. You didn't need the crises that they create to tell you that things are already going poorly. I don't need to tell you that. And I'm certainly not going to try to scare you into saying everything falls apart if you don't vote for us this time around. If you don't vote for us this time around, and if we don't win, if we don't win the election, and if libertarians don't win, it's just going to be worse. Four years is going to be worse. We'll still be here more than likely, but... It's just going to be worse, and the candidates are going to be worse, and hopefully next time around we'll be able to win. That's a big enough threat in its own. Just to, just hey, to it's be, be worse, worse is bad enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or, or the candidates are going to be worse. That That's a huge threat. And the yeah. alternative is that it could be better. We could dismantle this stuff. We could kick these idiots out of office. No offense to idiots. We could kick the cronies out of office. We could kick this massive bureaucratic class that is driving up the cost of everything. We could get rid of all of these absurd regulatory burdens that are making it so difficult for everyday people to try to be able to thrive, try to be able to get ahead, try to be able to just to make ends meet. We could get rid of all of this stuff and start doing better. We could set people free from cages. We could end the war on drugs and set millions of people free and expunge their records so they can live their lives and prosper. We could ending the war on drugs also uh, 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 disempowers the drug cartels so that our streets are safer. Addicts can get the help that they need. We can end the wars and bring the troops home and allow the healing to begin. We could end the VA and just give the money directly to the veterans so that they can go get the health care they need. There are so many things that we can do once we get elected. That's what I would rather focus on is the good that can happen when we replace these these. I'm running out of uh, pejoratives because I don't want to insult anyone. Uh, is what? That's I mean, isn't insult. that like a that's like a medical product? <laughs> <Yeah>. These schmucks. <laughs> it's 
Well, call it schmuck. Schmuck. Well, use a call <laughs> Jewish insult. Schmuck. The Jewish uh, have never run out of insults. They just put an SH and then a word at the end of it, and then that's Jewish insult. Oh, wow. These Schmendricks. <laughs> we get these Schmendricks out of office. I'm Jewish, so I can do this. We get the Schmendricks out of office. Hashtag kick out the Schmendricks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, um, I, I think that's a probably I'll, I'll let you go here because um, I think you've given your entire platform in all of that. In that in, last 30 in, seconds. Yes, and that's okay. Um, I, Schmendricks. With the Schmendricks. We're going to kick out the Schmendricks. I definitely uh, appreciate you giving me your time and getting on the show. Um, I'd oh, like to man. maybe after uh, this whole craziness goes by, maybe actually get you on an episode of our show if you That'd if you got time. I know, obviously, right now you're all over the the entire country. I'm slightly so. busy at the moment. Yep, yes. just just a little bit. So once this stuff all blows over, if the world doesn't go down the toilet like you said it's not going to, like you promised it won't. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'd like to really get you back on this show. I did not promise anything. I said, okay, I, first of all, yes, I would like to be back on the show. <laughs> what, I am, what I am telling you is that instead of trying to focus on crisis and that everything's going to fall apart and we're all, we're all going to die, I can pretty well promise you we're not all going to die. That's not good enough. What I'm telling you is that by replacing those people, those schmendricks, with <laughs> us, we can actually live better and stop living in crisis. I'm saying that this election is far too important to vote for the people who got us in this mess. It's time to vote gold. It's time to vote libertarian. It's time to vote for Joe Jorgensen and myself. And yes, I'd be happy to come back on your show. Awesome. I, I appreciate it again, Spike. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, man. We'll see you next time. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it was, it was a good break. Yeah, that was a that was a fun interview to do. I mean, it was yeah, it was a different setting of interview than I'm used to because it was almost right. like I had a live audience because mm. it was after the um his uh, live streaming of the debate coverage. So he had people from the rally came and had dinner at this place, and they're mm. all it was in this like private room. So they were all still kind of mingling around as as I was doing the interview right there. Yeah, that'd be a little much nerve-wracking. It, it was. It was a different yeah. setting. And like even at the end of – you couldn't really hear it in the actual interview because um, my mics weren't picking it up as much. It was picking up some background noise. But after his final like 30 seconds of just like throwing his entire platform out there – um, the people are like all clapping and stuff. So they were actually like, I mean, most for the most part, they were just kind of doing their own thing and talking, yeah. <clears throat> but um, they were listening to part of it. So it was, yeah, it was like having a live audience for mm. for it. So it was interesting, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was That's cool. It was an interesting setting, but he was a real fun guy to interview. Yeah. Like all all the stuff he I mean, he's just laid back and yeah. loose. But he seemed very high energy. Yeah, um, you know. Was still very like into what he was saying and made mm -hmm. more sense than the majority of right, yeah, of the the people. The what what do you call them at the end there? Was what's that? The the sh oh, the, after he called them schmucks, he called them yeah, like schmander, sh schmander, I, I, I don't remember <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, way, way more intellectual than either of them. Oh, yeah, um, just yeah. like. Even if you don't believe in his platform, it's hard not to believe in him as a well, as a candidate. And to be honest, he's the only one who has expressed like any real platform. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, besides the well, you, you'll see what it is when you vote for us, right. or we have the best 
ever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, those are our two arguments that we've right. had for yeah. forever now between the other yeah. two. So um, one thing I, I always find interesting is I read posts, even on libertarian um, pages. And again, I'm not a self-professing libertarian. Right. Yeah, I stand a lot more for what they stand for. But I'm not a member of the Libertarian right. Party, and I'm not a card-carrying Libertarian. But um, where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> I lost it. You were going to say that you agreed with him 100%. No. Uh, that, that was it. <laughs> no, I was saying um, we got into get into some of like the Libertarian pages, and you'll get, you'll get them just arguing back and forth. Right. Well... I, I've seen several times that people like Trump is the most libertarian candidate that has ever that what? we've ever had. He's what? done more for the Libertarian Party than we've ever had, and you you get those people that push back like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Right. Yeah. And um, Spike brought it up in the rally and in the interview of of his promises may have been more libertarian leaning, right. like lowering the national debt. I mean, he freaking promised to completely do away with right. the national yeah. debt. Right. But. Where are we now? Like you had, right. I think you pulled up an article of where we're sitting because we, I, we yeah. kind of wanted to. I wouldn't say necessarily fact check Spike, but I right. kind of wanted to see just like, see what yeah, what the numbers exactly. actually are. Yeah, so, and um, if you want to read through some of those numbers about uh, uh, the so national debt, mostly it's talked about you know how Trump had put um, two trillion in debt since he was inaugurated mm -hmm. in 2017, and that the, as of <laughs> as of February. He had done this, right? Yep. Which was still less than Obama had done in his first term. However, when you factor in the COVID, then you're it, which adds another four point six five trillion dollars. And that's Be, just that's in from February, February to today. Well, that yeah, that was just or in to like, July. Yeah, it was in one quarter. Right, is what that was. Yeah. So yeah, when you look at that, I mean, that's astronomical, and hey. that. They're it pushing supersedes. another one through, and that one is even bigger. Oh, it yeah. was what they were proposing, what, a $3 trillion mm -hmm. just stimulus package yeah. that they're fighting back and forth over? Something's going yeah. to go through, I guarantee it. Right. Maybe they're waiting till the next fiscal year to, right. to push but, that through. But, I mean, devil's advocate, you know, I mean, they were forced to do some kind of shutdown. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, the economy was shit. Right. I mean, it, it, do you just let it play out? I mean, you see how many businesses have closed down with the the PPP. Yeah. I mean, or do you try to keep them running by government money? I mean, it's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, according to the libertarian standpoint is you don't tell them what to do. Oh, yeah. You just let them do their yeah, thing. Yeah, do their thing. Um, people have their own control. Right. It's all about individual right. freedoms. Yeah. and. And business like small businesses making those, or making it at like the local level right. or the state level, not yeah. not having the federal government right. have such a big hand in which, in which all of it. I mean, the federal didn't. I mean, they you know he told the states, you decide. You right. know, you do the shutdown if you want to. You mandate mask. I I'm not saying anything. And yep. so different states did different things. So I mean, but it still comes back and reflects on him at the end yeah, of the day. The so. the person that on his platform said he was going to completely do away with the federal deficit. Right. No, you just increased it. I mean, you have to make those hard choices in order to right. um, d 
decrease or eliminate the federal deficit. Right. Things have to go away. And I, yes, I, I get that we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are struggling, what have you. But if you are going to live up to this promise, then those right. are choices you have to yeah. make. Right. So um, some of the stuff I was reading <clears throat> I found interesting is they were saying – because they were basing the numbers on percentages, this ar okay. article that I had read. So they're saying how his deficit was much lower than like previous presidents. It was only like maybe so, like 50% or 75% Trump's increase yeah, or something okay. like that. And then Obama's was like, I don't remember. Well, let's just say even like 100%. I'm just making up numbers. I don't have it in front of me. The funny part is because then they go all the way back to like Franklin Delano Roosevelt yeah. and how his was like, a thousand percent increase because of the Great Depression right. and stuff like that. World War II. However, if you're doing it solely on percentages, that's easy to say Trump has the smaller increase. Right. Because the bigger, exorbitantly bigger it gets, the smaller that percentage is going to get. So let's say we're like, because I remember in high school, the, the deficit was like $5 trillion. Right. I remember. And what, what's it sitting at now? $26 trillion? 26.5. So let's let's set it at $5 trillion. And um, the war on terrorism happens. 9-11 happens. And all of a sudden they have to bump it up by $10 trillion. Right. Well, you're looking at 200% increase right, right there. Yeah. But then um, Obama comes in and the recession hits and they have to send out stimuluses. And he has to... Right. increase it by another 10 well that's only a hundred percent increase even though it's the same number right it's still 10 trillion but it's only a hundred percent versus the 200 percent that bush increased it and again right. i'm making up these numbers right then trump comes in and the freaking we're now we're at 25 trillion let's say that because the five plus 10 plus 10 trump comes in corona hits and he wants to bump it up another five trillion dollars well that's only a fifth of whatever 20%. So, yes, his percent number looks small. Right. But that five that the amount is is what you should be looking at, not necessarily you right. should be putting the two together. You yeah. can't say that he has a smaller increase than any other president based solely on percentages because right. if you look at the actual numbers, he's actually one of the it, was he the highest based on what you read? Was it the highest increase of the presidents? I thought that's now what you told he me. is. Yes, be, yeah, be, but he wasn't the, before. So um, he had uh, um, Obama was higher than him by like it was by like one point six five trillion, mm -hmm. and so but like I said, he's skyrocketed since the yeah. pandemic hit. So. Yeah. So whether or not it was some it was forced on him or something he did, that's still that's. I mean, that's coming out of our pockets at, at the end oh, of the day. Oh, absolutely it is. Or, and our children's and, and their, their children, children and their, their children. children. For, for yeah. the rest of forever. Right, right. So the Libertarian Party is based solely on like kind of doing away with the big government, doing away with the federal deficit. I, I'm not going to say all of them, but for the most part, they seem to be more fiscally conservative which even conservatives aren't fiscally conservative because they're all about no, the big no. war budgets. They're right. all about so the military complex. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that conservatives aren't even conservative in that area, but um, they're they seem to be more socially liberal and more fiscally conservative is is the way I would I would say it. Yeah, like that makes sense. They're all about individual freedoms. Um, this here says. 
They're the only political party that stands for your right to pursue happiness in any way you choose, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, as long as you don't take their stuff. So those are the two big things. Like, mm-hmm. do what you want, just don't hurt other people and don't take other people's stuff. Yeah. So, so um, interviewing Spike, did you were you able to get a sense of um, like Joe Jorgensen, the person actually running for president? Um. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> but um from and I don't want to I don't want to bash on her or anything. I just haven't no, I, I haven't spent much I've spent more time focusing on F- Spike right. than I ever have Joe. I think she's yeah. a little she's not as edgy as Spike is and he's the one kind of getting uh, a lot of the 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 right. excitement for the party. No, I and because when you look at like when when Pence talks, right? Mm-hmm. And he he builds up like Donald Trump's programs and stuff, yeah. right? When Harris talks, she, oh, Joe, I love Joe, you know, and she builds up Joe, John, jeez, Joe, she builds up Joe Joe Biden. Biden. Yeah, we just had a John Biden moment. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) and then, um, so, but with Spike, yeah, it didn't seem like he referenced Joe Jorgensen or tried to. It's all about the party, and it's about what we are doing collectively. It's not, oh, Joe is the greatest human in the world, and like, kind of like lifting her up. It was just like, this is what we need. This is what we should be doing. And this is what me and Joe are going to do yeah. to, to get you there. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't just the whole um, kind of backtracking on, right. on her stance. It was just, it, it was just coming straight from him. Like right. it was his passion. You could tell no, because absolutely. from the other ones, yeah. you could tell it's just like, well, this is what I'm supposed to say. And this is what he right. should have said. So I'm going to say it. This right. is like, he is completely oh, no, passionate absolutely. about yeah. what And, and that's what draws you in is right. his passion and his enthusiasm for the party and its platforms. And so, yeah, it eclipses the other two by far. Yeah. I mean, and mixed with much higher intellect than either of them, oh, right. too. Yeah. So you take the passion and the intellect and put it together, right. and it's it, it's a home run, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, of the five you know people that are on the, the stage that I've heard talk, He's the only one who has expressed any real platform. Right. So. When people say, oh, that's unrealistic to get there. Like, how, how do you get there? I mean, maybe, maybe not, but at least you got a goal to shoot for. Yeah. Because none of the other ones are shooting for goals. Right. And I would love to see, both of us, I think, would love to see smaller um, federal hands in the cookie jar. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want to see the Fed get edited? Yeah. Uh, audited. Jeez. You're having, you're I'm, struggling. Am I having a screw? I think you are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was just a lot of stuff there that um, I I could stand for. And he put into words the things that, like, I, I couldn't quite make sense of about the party. And right. so it, it just helped me kind of solidify my view on, yeah. like, like, this is really what it's about. And when he's talking about uh, them not being able to get on the debate stage because mm-hmm. it, it's all rigged system, it's all rigged, right. but the it's ran by um, Republicans and Democrats. So, of right. course, they're not going to let somebody else get on the stage. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's all bullshit like that. Yeah. Like, we should be allowed to know who else is out there. And the fact that people don't know that there is another there is another option out right. there. Right. So, Surprise! If you didn't know it, there is. You yeah. you have another option. It kind of reminds me of um, that Star Wars moment when Yoda said there is another Skywalker, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me?" Right. Like I feel like, but but this would be if 
if they were training Jar Jar <laughs> and C-3PO, <laughs> and then they're like, wait, 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 there's actually Luke Skywalker, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, that's what this movie should be about? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. But but it it's it's not allowed out there. Like, right. that information's yeah. not out there. Yeah. I know so many people I've talked to, because um, I went to a birthday party, and my brother's wife came. It was my kid. It was my kid's birthday party, and my in-laws were like, "Oh, where's where's?" Asked where my brother was, and I was like, "Oh, he's out filming the the Libertarian National Convention," and they're like, "What's the Libertarian Party?" And yeah, it's just like they right. never heard of it. Yeah. Like it was crazy to me that they had never heard of the party. I yeah. could hear you. I could see you not knowing who the candidates were if it's somebody you didn't really right. like pay attention to, since it's not out there. But not knowing that the party's out there, that's that's yeah. insane. Well, it kills me is so many people when you mention the Libertarian Party, like, well, I'm not interested in a throwaway vote. Yeah. And that, that pisses me off. Right. Because you're throwing away a vote. Right. You're, you're, you are. You're, you're holding your nose. You're pulling the lever for the worst possible candidate. And like, and like Spike says, the candidates are just going to keep getting worse yeah. because you keep voting for them. Yeah. And that was, that was a big, and I even mentioned there, that's a big enough threat to me. Right. It's absolutely. Like, no, the, the world's not going to go to shit, but. We're gonna get. It's gonna get worse, and they're gonna put up worse candidates. It's like, yeah, oh shit, right. yeah. Oh, I, oh. I mean, we used to have respectable candidates, yeah, <laughs> and they they just have kept getting worse. So and the the one thing I loved is, and it's a hundred percent true. He's like, why would you trust a person to say that they're going to fix a system? That they broke in the first place, that right. they are single handedly responsible yeah. for it being the way it is, but they're yeah. going to be the ones to fix it. Yeah. How is that? How is that yeah, common no, sense? I, I thought that was a huge. He had really good indictments against Biden and Trump, mm -hmm. and and I I liked them both because they both rang true. Yeah, yeah. So and it's interesting how he called out Trump's past. How he's like he was all for these policies right. when he yeah. was a crony exactly. himself. He used the broken system to to line his own pockets. Right. And, and and then says he's going to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. So both of them are complicit in the the system that we live in currently. Yeah. So that's where we are. Um, so I mean, we did look up some other numbers. We I looked up some stuff about like because he said Trump increased the troops overseas, and so, some different reports I saw had shown that actually the the troop deployment has gone down but then right. this article here i found interesting it says that uh, the numbers were kind of doctored to make it look like they they've did. gone down and what who's that from this is from foreignaffairs.com okay so this says the clearest um the clearest measure of trump's retrenchment efforts or lack thereof is foreign troop deployments in the final months of obama's presidency approximately 198,000 active duty U.S. military personnel were deployed overseas, according to the Pentagon's Defense Manpower Data Center. By comparison, the most recent figure for the Trump administration is 174,000 active duty troops. But even that difference reflects an accounting trick. Beginning in December of 2017, the Defense Department started excluding troops deployed to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria from its official report, citing a vague need to protect our forces. So those numbers mm. aren't including the three main countries we're deployed right. in right. for the last 20 years. <laughs> says, when estimated troop levels for those three countries are added back in, the current total is around 194,000. 
roughly equivalent to the number Trump inherited. So this is saying that maybe he hasn't increased, but he certainly right. hasn't brought home, like right. he said. It, yeah. He stayed pretty much dead even. Yeah. And according to Spike, he's added troops. And I know, I think in 2019, he ramped up troops quite a bit. Or did he? Or like in the earlier stages of his right. presidency. Yeah. But I think he's brought some back since, but it still well, it, has it, it not enough to measure to say yeah. that you've brought him home. Well, and, and he kind of reshuffled a little because he did pull troops out of Germany. But the majority of those troops he redeployed to like Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So... so. So he's doing a little like shuffle action, but he he's not fulfilling any promises. He's right. not bringing our troops home. He's not, yeah. um, he's not doing all these things. The, the that he only promised. the only um, promises that I've seen that he's kept is he's pulled back Obama's regulations that he, yeah. he, he well, yeah. signed into executive orders. He did that from like day one. Oh yeah, much right. Started. That was the first thing he started doing. Yep. So. So, and then he started building the wall. They got over 200 miles of wall, which... Yeah, it's a beautiful wall. Who, who cares? Right. Who cares? I mean, with all the rest of the shit going right. on, is I mean, that the most important thing? It, it, and, I mean, coyotes are smart, you know? I mean, they order from Acme, you know, and they get the rocket packs, <laughs> and they just know how to yes. bring kids over at the border. Yep. So, it says, libertarians are non-interventionists. This is just like a lot of you people know kind of what libertarians are, or you just kind of have, like me, have leanings towards that without even knowing what, right? Uh, without even affiliating with a party. But it, it says libertarians want America to abandon its attempts to act as a policeman for, for a world. And its platform on defense reads like a criticism of America's foreign policy direction. Party's goal is to maintain a military devoted only to national defense while shutting down foreign military and economic aid. What do you think about that? Like, just completely I, end foreign, like foreign police action. Right. No, I completely agree with it. Just, I don't think the United States should be the police. Of the and world. we we no. mentioned this early on. In right. We talked about episode, it with uh, we, Hadjarban. We fuck up more shit than we actually help. Right. I mean, and it's always got some kind of, you know, strings tied agenda that is in place. Yep. So. No, I I think it's a complete waste of time to go out there and try to police. I mean, most countries don't want us there. And, right. And just, um, you know, that, that money, that defense f budget is better spent yeah. at home. And all the shit that we have going on right. here. I mean, the, the infrastructure in the United States is, 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 is garbage. Shit. Straight garbage. And yep. so, I mean, all that resources could be restructured here yeah. and make a better difference or just put back in your pocket and less tax money coming out right. of your pocket yeah. um which a true libertarian would say their mantra is taxation is theft right so they don't want any tax taken out at all right i don't know how realistic that is i would love to see a world of that where and it's basically like the communities like allocate funds for it and right. there's no federal like overreach and stuff and things like that but that's the libertarian party that is spike's platform and and he said it better than any libertarian i've yeah. ever talked to right it's just look you you need to take it away from them they they don't have your best interests mm -hmm. at hand you are best served by the power coming back to mm -hmm. you where you can make your own decisions and well 
And, and how out of touch are politicians? Right. I mean, how many of them actually go to the store to buy their own milk? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, how many of them know the actual price of gas right now? I mean, so the fact that they're making these choices for people when they don't even know what the real world is like mm-hmm. is just incredibly real, unrealistic. And I, I, I found it interesting. He, because we had John Odermatt on. Yeah. What? three, four weeks ago, and he had his six points for, like, police reform. Yeah. And there was, like, um, ending... I, I um, picked up on that, too, yeah. What was it? The immunity. What was, yeah, what's police it immunity. Yeah, all those things Universal that he said. immunity. Yeah. Um, stop doing that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ending all this stuff um, that John Overman said, he, he basically, like, was play-by-play. Um, right, yeah, absolutely. Reading from John Overman's playbook. Um, what was it? Qualified immunity. That's what I was yes. going for, uh, for police officers. So, um, yeah, I, I I feel that there's at least some cohesion in the in the Libertarian Party. Yeah, in there is that aspect. Yeah, um, even though you see, because it's such a like free thought, like like um, don't let them tell you what to do, like your own freedom right. type party. It's really hard for them to all be on the same page because absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. They they're not the party of tote the party line for mm-hmm. the most part. For yeah. the most part, they're not. I'm sure there are some that stick hard to certain things and right. won't budge on it. But for the most part, they're not, and so yeah. it's hard to bring free thinking people collectively to like have a p- party platform right. because they you all have your own free thoughts, which is right. good. Yeah, and you know, I I think that a lot of the the you know politicians, presidential candidates, they you know they're so influenced by the lobbyists and mm-hmm. the special interest groups, you know, so they they're beholden to other people already. Absolutely. And I remember um, Glenn Beck. I remember he was talking about an interview he did with G. W. Bush, and that he was saying, you know, what do you think is going to happen, you know, with Obama being elected and whatever. Mm. And Bush said, um, he's like, you have to understand, you don't have as much flexibility with this job as you think you might. Right. You're already um, set in what policies you have to go for. Right. And I think that the Libertarian Party has freedom in that. They don't have, you know, deals that were made 20 years ago that they have to hold up to now, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're... From what he was saying at his rallies, and like I didn't have the entire rally there. It was just little clips and stuff that I pulled out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, he he was basically saying they're not in anybody's pockets. They right. don't. They they they're not. Oh, they don't have that debt to pay to the lobbyists mm-hmm. or or the cronies or whoever. Um, they they can basically say whatever they want on their platform and make those promises and then keep them because yeah. they're not like stuck to anybody else's agenda. It's yeah. It's their own agenda. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one of the things that people have been saying is broken about the system for years and nobody ever moves to do anything about it is term limits. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's no politician should go in, you know, make, you know, earning $25,000 and come out a millionaire. Right. I mean, that's just right there. It just is like shady as hell. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think Libertarian Party, like you said, there it give power back to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, put money back in people's pockets. Yeah, and let us decide where it, our health care right. comes from. Exactly. And I, I just 
see people, like I said in the interview, so many more people bashing on the Libertarian Party this election cycle because I think they're making more noise. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that um, Libertarians, all they care about is they they don't have like the human compassion element like the whole like right. welfare type element right. um they're all like pro like corporations and stuff and they're not pro corporations they're pro free enterprise is what they are they're pro right. like i said keeping the government's hand out of it and their thought is that people have the compassion if you feel strongly towards like welfare then people should have that money in their pockets to donate it to wherever they want or help out whoever they want. And whether you agree with it or not, like, do you think the, the, as Spike called them cronies, do you mm. think they have the best interest of who should be allocated no. the, the, the welfare funds or who yeah. should be getting um, the handouts, like from right. a compassion level? Do you think they have compassion? Yeah. No, no, I, no, they don't. And so I, I mean, well, and, but and look at the programs. I mean, Medicaid, Social Security, welfare. I mean, those systems are are just as broken yeah. and bankrupt. And right. I mean, they're robbing them Peter to pay Paul. And, yeah, we dip into them to pay for wars, and we dip right. into them to pay yeah. for stimulus bills or or yeah. what have you. So yeah, I mean, when is the government ever came out with a successful program, right? <laughs> right, but but socialism would work. Oh yeah, absolutely. Why not give them more control? Yeah. So, all this to say, watching that, even discussing the debates before that, all this to say, this these two idiots are not your only option. Right. There are there is another option. There is another Skywalker out there. I am coming out and officially endorsing Spike Cohen and Joe Jorgensen. I don't know about you, but I'm endorsing for my half of the screen of the show is going to be endorsing <laughs> um, Spike Cohen and Joe Jorgensen. Because, I, like I said, I think they're the only ones that really actually care about the, the, the general population. Right. They're the only ones that don't have somebody that's, that's feeding them money or that's pulling their strings. They they are your presidential candidate, right. and it it's sad that they couldn't get on the debate stage because mm -hmm. I think they probably would have pulled at twenty five percent. I oh, I really do. I, I haven't so seen too. the poll numbers, and, and I think that they would raise serious questions that need to be addressed. Yeah, and and that's the saddest part about it is that they're not giving the other another view. They're even keeping the argument two dimensional. Even if. Getting them on the debate stage didn't guarantee them a win, which I think it would get them pretty damn close. Even if it didn't guarantee them the win, it would make people, it would raise questions that need to be asked, that should right. be being asked, that aren't being asked. Right. Yeah. It would raise a, bring up points that should be being brought up that mm -hmm. nobody's willing to bring up. But, you know, if you look at like how the Green Party was treated, you know, through the Hillary, you know, I mean, right. they're not even able to be, get on the ballot in battleground states That's because crazy. Hillary believes that they're the reason why she lost. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just not surprising that they're they're stonewalling the Libertarian Party, a group that actually has these really good ideas that I think people would really respond to. Right. That could maybe turn this country around a little bit, mm -hmm. but it 
and and put people where they think they that this country should be. I mean, yeah. where it professes it to be, where the you know we the people. Yeah, the the American dream, the whole aspect of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Like we are being taxed out the ass, and you vote somebody like a, like Biden in, and who wants an American dream when um, anybody making over four hundred thousand yeah. dollars is going to be taxed well, at sixty two percent? Who yeah. wants that? Uh, well, I was talking, uh, was it? Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, sixty two percent tax, really? And well, that's only if you make over four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, well, that gives me no incentive whatsoever to be right. successful. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, that just throws the American dream out the window. Who right. wants to be successful if your four hundred thousand now turns into like one hundred eighty thousand? Right. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, that's only that." Well, you think people at three hundred ninety nine thousand aren't going to be making less than that one hundred eighty thousand? It's still going to bring right. them way down. Yeah. People at two hundred thousand are probably going to be taxed at what like 45 50 percent it's still yeah. insane you're still right. making under a hundred thousand dollars yeah making two hundred thousand right so who would who would even strive to be successful at that point right yeah I absolutely mean, just keep working your they want to raise but they want to raise minimum wage to 15 dollars. so let's just all work 15 dollar an hour jobs because right. we're all going to be basically making that anyway absolutely Yep. So that's good. Universal wage. Yep. Mind as well. I, I, I seriously think that's probably what they're pushing for. But Absolutely. then that just stifles creativity. That stifles mm. the your desire to to be successful, as right. you were saying. Like nobody's gonna try to be the best lawyer or doctor. Who cares about lawyers? Best doctor in the world right. if they're being taxed at sixty two percent. Why would yeah. you go through eight plus years of school right. to be paying half of your why, payout? Why, you know, be, you know, rapper? Why be an actor? Yeah, you look at you know, fi- I mean, 50 Cent doesn't want to be 20 Cent. Right, yeah. We never we <laughs> forgot to mention that in the beginning, but yeah. he's, he's, he's flipped on that. He's yeah, saying, now. But I think he's kind of given into pressure, to be honest. Yeah, well, Chelsea Handler <sighs> Chelsea. is his handler, apparently. Yeah, right. She's the one that was just like... You're getting um, black people to want to vote for Trump. You, as a black person, shouldn't vote for Trump. It's just like can you, the yeah. name Handler doesn't fit right anybody I, more perfectly. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, Fifty Cent for a guy who you know was shot and came back and stuff. I mean, he shows yeah. remarkably no balls. Uh, it, clearly not because <laughs> so, he was because, like, I don't want to be Twenty Cent. I'm voting for Trump. And then he turns around. and He's like, Fuck Trump. I ain't voting for yeah. him. He's racist because right. Chelsea Handler told me. That that was bad. Yeah, yeah right. A, a, a white woman told me that that was bad, so yes. I'm going to follow that. Well, another rapper came out and actually endorsed Trump. Really? Uh, Lil Pump. Lil Pump? I don't know who he I is. I don't know that is either. But, um, yeah, he came out and said he was going to endorse Pump. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Pump's going to endorse Big Pump. Yes. Pop Pump. <laughs> Pop Pump. And Trump, too. <laughs> but, yeah, if you, if you don't want to be paying out your ass if you want if if you even still believe in the american dream i i'd say that this is the route to go the libertarian party is the closest thing to wanting you to be able to pursue the american dream i mean i can't say it nearly as good as what spike said in the interview and in in the rally um if you want to hear more about spike he has his own um, podcast. What did he say it was muddy watered, muddied oh, waters afraid, of freedom. Yeah. 
uh, podcast. Um, go check him out on there. He, um, he, like I said, covered the debates this last week, and he he's on there with another guy. Um, check out his podcast. Check out his platforms. Um, you can find his rally videos all over the place. Um, I know uh, my brother has been releasing like little mini documentaries of his last few rallies. So yeah. y- you can check that out. I think at goulash films is where you can find that, which is also one of our sponsors of our show goulash media. He's also the one that filmed the interview. So big shout out to him. Check out his stuff. Um, if you want to find out more about Joe and spike, otherwise, I mean, just have thoughts for yourself. If you want to have a thought for yourself, this is, this is about as, as clear as it gets to me. Like if you want Go find this information for yourself. Stop following these party lines. Stop following the fucking people that have put us in this situation, that have made this place a burning trash pit. And even if you don't agree with everything they say, what's it really going to hurt us to go a different route? Right. If, if shit's not working, try something new is what I think. Absolutely. Don't keep trying the same shit That's if it's not working. insanity. Yes. Yes. So try something new. If that doesn't work in four years, we can start over and try again. It's it's as easy as that. Yes, things might be a little uncomfortable. Things might be a little awkward because things are different. But things don't change if you don't do things differently. So, uh, again, I am going to say um, I'm officially endorsing Spike and Joe for president because... Because I think they're our best option. That out of the other two, right? They're our best option. You got anything else to say? I think uh, we've said it all. Plus, Spike said way more yeah. than we could ever say. Absolutely, absolutely. But definitely uh, check out more of the uh, Libertarian Party and what Spike, you know, Spike's show and his videos on YouTube. Like Craig said, he has quite a few um, just to get better range. He's very uh, articulate in expressing the platform. And just giving you a really good idea of what the Libertarian Party is about. Yep. So we're going to get out of here for this week. Um, next week, the day of our release is November 4th. 4th. So that's the day after. After election. So So we're we, going to have to, we almost have, a, have to record on Tuesday. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think I, we're, we're going to have any answers on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't I really either. Don't. But we, the, the next time you hear from us. You might have a new president in office, not likely, or not in office, but or, know who the new president's going or, to be. Or the Amer- America could be on fire. Or it, <laughs> we could just be dead. Yeah, that's true. But self, self-inflicted. Yeah. <laughs> Come back next week if we are still a country and if this internet still exists and the world's not on fire. And, and we're allowed to talk without, you know, being lined up on the wall. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll check. Check you back here next week. Bill is falling asleep again because that light keeps shining in his eyeballs. It is. So um, we will have a great week, and um, we're going to have to maybe do something like post, have like a post-election party or something just (laughs) after all this shit's over. We got to do something. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Where's the button?